What is up, everybody? Welcome. My name is Jack Graham, and I am one half of the In-Situ Collective. Our goal is to teach you the habits and strategies to put your health and fitness first. And yes, this is our very first episode. Very excited to have you all here and tuning in. We're lucky enough to have Matt, uh, Matt the physio, as some people might know him, to come in and chat about your fitness journey. Now, we go into all different topics, so injury prevention, coming back from injury, how you should actually think about approaching training for the first time. So there's a lot of good topics in here. We cover them all. We uh, hope you get something out of this. And if you do, please, as always, share it with a friend, give us a comment, five-star review, all that sort of good stuff. let us know how much you appreciate it and if there's any topics you want us to talk about please let us know reach out on the socials or head over to our website and we can start a conversation where we can chat in in person with you and i'll stop talking so you can guys can enjoy this great episode with matt the physio help Get me out of this hellhole! A bullet then! What is up, everybody? Welcome back. It has been a while since we've been in this room and done a chat. Max is looking forward to it. Um, And we've got got a guest. Hopefully a reoccurring guest. Um, So Matt, the physio, is on the show today. Um, Hey, guys. Pretty excited to have you here. Uh, I know there's a wealth of knowledge in that brain. Unlike most people, you don't just vomit it on everybody. So I know there's a lot of good content in there. So I'm pretty excited to see what comes out in this little podcast slash video thing. Yeah, well, hopefully you get a couple gems here and there. Um, so I guess a good place to start, well, where I want to start with this, and Matt's got a few good notes there. We're going to start with a lot of common mistakes that people make when they're starting to train. Um, I think this is going to be a good conversation for a lot of people there, um, from a physio, PT, and a nutrition coach point of view. Um, we'll go all over all the topics, our point of views on each one and all that sort of stuff. But as always, everybody listening, if you feel like you're getting something out of this, please give me a thumbs up. Make sure you hit subscribe um, so you don't miss another episode with Matt. And if you do get something out of this and you feel like somebody you know is going to get something out of this, please share it with them so they can get the same value out of it. And that'll do. Let's get into it. So how about you introduce yourself first? Because most people who watch this or listen to this will know us too, but they might not know you. True. So what are you currently doing with yourself at the moment as in general work-wise and all that sort of stuff? Cool. Um, my name's Matt. Um, I've been working as a physio for over five years now. Um, studied in Sydney, did a bit of postgrad study in high performance sport, um, and currently working in the south coast. And I like to refer to it as paradise down here. Um, yeah, great lifestyle, great people. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's me at the moment, just working down here for the short term, and then. Mm-hmm. looking for uh, maybe to go back to Sydney sometime soon. So so that's me. Um, special interest-wise, I think I'm just interested in the whole picture. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I like a holistic view of health when I'm talking to patients because it makes sense to me and it makes sense to them as well. So that's probably where I stand with with uh, my interests. And, um, yeah, I like the challenging ones as well. So yeah, cool. Any challenging cases or 
you know, long-standing cases have been struggling with pain for a while or, you know, makes you think a little bit more. So it makes me think and um, they're the ones that are a bit more rewarding and enjoy. But, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully some people will get something out of this today. Yeah, very good. So your pro- post-grad was sports performance. What did that look like? In, like in what did you do? as a day-to-day type thing for ProScan. Yeah, it was more so a fair bit about data collection as was um, in regards to like, you know, crunching numbers and we'll talk about why numbers are important coming up, um, but a lot of number crunching in, in that because um, that's really important for like high performance sporting teams mm. um, to do with their load and to do with, um, you know, managing their load um, in particular. And I guess, we did strength and conditioning, some basis of you know all the lifts and mm-hmm. ways to test those, um, and just to have like ongoing maintenance programs in terms of how to how to commonly assess and look look out for someone who, you know, may be at risk of injuring themselves mm-hmm. at a certain point due to um, different factors, but a cool. way way to kind of screen those throughout the season. So that's that's what kind of that was. So more to more so to do with the high performance environment and looking at like elite sport teams and what, what physio involves. It, it can do, you know, we had EPs there, we had strength and conditioning coaches and physios, and I think there was maybe one chiro in it. So there was a range of practitioners in there, which was good, so mm. it's kind of like, you've got your field and you can kind of do whatever you like. Yeah, nice. So yeah. Cool. Um, so you said all about crunching numbers, obviously when you get into that high performance area, it's all gonna be about trying to get those 1% increases and try to get the most out of each, every little bit you can. Mm. Um, so you said you got some notes in there about numbers and stuff. Can we dive into those straight up? Yeah, not so much numbers, I guess. So I think it's just talking about um, definitions of, of what we call, of what load is. Mm. Um, that'd, be, that'd be interesting to talk about, I think. And I think diving into training, I think everyone finds this as a common issue, you know. Everyone jumps on the bandwagon post New Year's, make some resolutions, okay, I'm gonna do a running program or I'm gonna do a push-up program, you know, and then they dive into it and, and go seven days a week as hard as they can and put all their effort into it and it's, it's great, you know, motivation, And but th- this is where I see a lot of people coming in with, with a real big spike in their load mm-hmm. and that's just a running load, which then equals an injury. Yeah, 100%, um, say that all the time. So what's your definition of load then? Well, 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 I guess load is an accumulation of factors. It's accumulation of stresses. You have internal and external stresses. Mm-hmm. So external stresses are what you do. So that's what everyone would usually describe load as. Yep. You know, how much weight did I lift? Mm-hmm. How long did I train for? How hard did I run? Those factors. Mm. So that's more so external load. But no one really thinks about this internal load. An internal load is your physiological factors, your psychological factors. So examples of those include how you slept last night, you know, how stressed you are. That could be to do with work, could be to do with home issues, some family, you know, there's, there's always something going on in everyone's lives. Um, no one is always cruisy. Mm-hmm. There's always some sort of stress going on. So I think it's just like taking the whole picture of, okay, that is an, load is accumulative. Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of factors. It's not just how much you did. So I think that's a, that's a massive in terms of just realizing and acknowledging those factors is really, really important. So 
I guess if someone does wake up with a bit of pain in a, in a area, depending on where it will be, say it's a hip joint, say it's a knee, and they blamed the, the 10 box jumps they did yesterday in yesterday's workout, it, that might just be the, you know, the icing on the cake that's done it to them. Mm. And maybe the accumulation of them having a high load that week, they may have a, have a big squatting, squatting week in terms of the external load. They may have a, you know, a high, they did lots of jumping, hopping, all that kind of stuff, which is loaded up, that, those structures. And then at the same time, you've got kind of that internal load. So they may have, have had the biggest week at work and they may have been sleeping really, really bad. And they may have been quite, quite shocking in terms of that. Hello. <laughs> got a visitor um, so yeah they're, they're the kind of factors that you want to I guess acknowledge and, and also manage because they're part of your stresses and they're part of your load and if you don't manage those then like anything you're going to break down and it doesn't matter where you are mm. and this is where um, you know you can have a slight weakness somewhere and a lot of people blame weakness for a cause of pain which is pretty fair but if you're not pushing through that you know that top part of your, of your load or your capacity then you're not going to injure yourself. Mm. It's only when you really you push yourself past that tipping point of your capacity, then guess what? You end up with an injury. And the injury often is just wherever your weakest link is. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I am going to butt in right there. Now, a word from our sponsor. I know what you're thinking, Jack. How the hell did you get a sponsor for your first episode? And the truth is, we haven't. We're sponsoring our own podcast. Yes. The sponsor for this episode is the In-Situ Collective. Uh, if you are getting something out of this, but you want to com- continue the conversation about your journey uh, with one of us coaches, please head over to our website where you can have a risk-free consultation with one of us and we can give you tips, strategies, give you a bit of more guidance on your health and fitness journey. So if you want to do that, again, head over to our website and we can continue the conversation with you in person over there yeah i think we both dive into that a lot with our clients as well not just doing the work externally but internally as well yeah water food sleep Mm. i think that's that that whole picture and if you have i I feel like if you have like a few people on board and that's when you have like a if say if you're a client you know that's when you say you have do have a physio involved you do have a nutritionist involved and everyone's saying the same message and if the client is hearing the same message and understands that message and believes in that message and that's when things are going to happen mm. is that what you find Mac? Mac? yeah 100% it's sort of like they need like the team to I guess support them more than if they just have say me then it's sort of like oh it's just coming from you whereas if it comes from three different sources and they're hearing it in lots of different ways as well which sometimes it takes a bit to resonate with people like they have to hear it a few different ways before they actually like click on that it's more than just what I put in my mouth that makes a difference I guess it's everything especially with those stubborn fathers eh? <laughs> yeah one's the worst <laughs> so that's and that, I guess that's a good point so somebody takes all this info in from three different sources or more and then puts it into practice but what about those people like you said who just after Christmas New Year's make those resolutions jump straight in overloading that first week and then obviously get an injury come and see you What's your, what's your course of action from there? Well, I guess that's um, in regards to trying to educate someone 
about these things that we're talking about now. So um, that's one of the big things that mm. you would educate someone about load and mm. how it's accumulative and how it's, you know, you've got lots of different contributors to load, not just how much you do, um, even though that is a big one. Um, and so I guess it's talking about those. And then really as physios, all we do, and this is something that Greg Lehman, a physio, he's also a physio in Cairo from Canada, he said the biggest thing that we do as physios is we, we you calm shit down and then we build shit back up. That's all we do, which is like pretty um, pretty basic when you think about it, pretty simple, but it is. It's true. So that's all we do. Yeah. So, um, so I guess from a PT or a gym point of view and all that sort of stuff, how do you calm things down but also keep motivation and consistency or what should that look like going forward? So, you know, they go in hard smash out one week, you know, awesome, but then injured, how do you sort of progress them from sort of coming down and then let's move on? Yeah, okay. So how do you kind of progress them from when they are really, really sore to kind of moving forward? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I guess you've got to, we use techniques like, you know, manual therapy, whether it be dry needling, a bit of massage, a bit of taping if needed, um, just any technique really to settle the structure down because it's going to be sensitized and sore. Mm-hmm. And after we've settled it down, then we work on loading it back up gradually. Mm-hmm. And in regards to getting uh, the patient motivated and t- to stay put, I guess it's it's about setting some goals and about setting some realistic goals. Mm-hmm. And that's where you've really got to sit down and have a good chat and think, okay, what what do you want to achieve and, and how are you going to achieve it? Yeah. And, and I think that's going to be the way to do it rather than just being gung-ho and, and going pretty uh, hammer and toe at it. Yeah. Which ends up, sometimes it doesn't end up in injuries if the person has a, re- a resili- resilient mm. body. Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of people do it. You, you, you hear of all these great stories where people do no training at all, do a marathon, and they're completely fine. Mm. So like some people can cope with it, but a lot of bodies can't. So yeah. it's, it's just those ones where you have to, you know, if you do get injured, then that's when you have to kind of think about it. And for some people, it's like, oh, okay, I got injured. Okay, this is a bit of a stepping stone. And it's empowering as a physio to be able to teach someone about their body after they've done something like that. Because they come out of the physio session not just feeling a little bit better, but they know their body better and mm. they can understand why. Okay, why did that Why did that get me sore? Yeah, mm. that's awesome. So, um, mm. yeah, it's a good part of the job. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Um. So progressive overload, how would you explain that to a newbie that's just starting out? In regards to? How, where should they start and how, how much, somebody's walking to the gym and says, Matt, how much should I lift today? Mm. How much exercise should I do? How long's a piece of string? Mm. You, don't, you don't really know. You can't really tell someone that. Uh, you've got to work with them and, and find out what what their limit is, I guess, and mm. that's why testing is important, so you can find a bit of a baseline about what they can and can't do, Yep. Um, and then that gives you a bit of an indication, because once you've done testing, you'll know how they move, mm. and you know what they can and can't do, and then you can start to set a little bit of a, a little bit of a, I guess, a starting point, but like anything, a lot of it's trial and error, and mm. if you do something and they pull up too sore and they, they do too much, then you have to know how to regress it and reel it back a bit. Yeah. Or if they're smashing it and like and not finding it, you know, good enough, then you know you got to know how to kind of challenge them without overloading them as mm-hmm. well. So, I, f- I feel like 
there's no right or wrong with that. You've just got to play around with it a little bit. But I think doing some testing and if you're if you're starting off with a bit of a program, those doggos are loud, aren't they? Just um, having a wrestle. Starting off, starting off with a bit of a program, mm. then what you have to do is like it's really good to, to lay down some tests, some objective measures that you can do together. And yep. these, these, are, these are some things that... Um, that your PT or that your coach will work with and you might regularly test them. So it might be, you start off, you know, you do them baseline. So first first time you, you, you do it and then in, you know, four to six weeks time, you might do some more testing and then you might test again. So it's something that you'll mm. do and that will give you motivation as well. If you're, if you're a client and you're seeing yourself improve and you're doing things that you couldn't do beforehand and that's a win. Yeah. So, um, but obviously, in all elite teams and all that kind of jazz, all this, all the testing is like already there for you, you know. So it's like just set up, and you don't even think about it. But for someone who's just starting out, which is what we're touching on today, and what we're talking about is because it's your everyday person that I think are going to benefit from this convo a lot more than than your athlete. Mm-hmm. But um, still, still some interesting points to hear for sure. But um, yeah, I, I feel like. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to get set yourself some goals, and you've got to aim towards something, and then that will keep your motivation going. But mm. I don't know. What do you find with um with clients? Do you find that you have to set some goals? Do you find they come in with goals, or what do you what do you think? Yeah, it's uh, obviously like you said, it's a lot easier when people come in and want to work with you because you can test, see how they go, and then progress from there. It's just a lot harder with people who have gone, all right, I'm going to start running every single day, and overload that way. And then you're sort of working with a broken mindset of, you know, it's just running. You can't overload running. And then sort of trying to bring that back into, okay, well, you can overload running. You can overload your joints. Um, Especially going from zero to running, you know, 60 minutes a day. And then, yeah, like I said, just bring them back, going through those motions um, of just progressing I see it all the time, especially when you're coaching big classes. Like you'll have um, newbies with people that are, you know, adapting to the loads. Um, but just trying to get them not to overload in that situation as well mm. is quite hard. Mm. Um, the newbies, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Every I think everybody's been there. I still do it now. Like you go in there, you go too hard, and then you can't move for three days afterwards because you've gone too hard because it's in a competitive environment yeah 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 but i i've even done it in a non-competitive environment <laughs> for sure but i feel like that's part of challenging your body and finding the baseline like you can't go through life and not challenge yourself mm. and not be sore for a couple of days that's yeah. you don't want to you know this it's, it's a hard fine line that you don't want to tread because like at the same time you do want to challenge yourself and that's progressive overload mm. is that you you, you provide a new stimulus or so that your body can adapt to it. You know? yeah. yeah. And that's and that's what happens. Our body is like a bit of a chameleon. We adapt to mm. the environment that we put ourselves into. So mm. it just depends on um, what environment your body's been in and how long it's been in there and, and that will give you all the adaptations you want and then you've got to keep exposing it to new environments, which is, you know, new stimulus for it to keep changing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I guess like touching on your point in terms of like, we know that running, you know, loads up your joints. It's actually, yeah, it actually probably in, in regards to if someone has an injury from a lot of running, 
it's probably more so the tendons mm. that are irritated, not the joints per se. Maybe some of the bones, you can get like a bony stress injury from some really upping your load. Um, but the tendons, which is like the spring component of your of your muscles, they're the ones that, um, you know, that, that tend to cop a bit of the slack when you go from not doing a lot to doing something like running mm. or skipping every day. Mm. They're the things that tend to, to get a bit annoyed because the muscle doesn't have the capacity to do it, so you load up the tendon itself. Um, so, so, yeah. I think some doggies are starting to get a little hungry. You reckon? Mm. Um, so yeah, there's um, and they did a cool little study while we're on running, because um, running we're not trying to say running is a bad thing here. We're trying to say that you've got to do everything in moderation, and especially when you start. Mm-hmm. But they actually did a study um, where they looked at uh, runners, and they looked at uh, their knee joints, and they compared a group of runners and sedentary people, and they had a look at who had more arthritis. And can you guys have a guess who? Had more arthritis in their knees. The people that done nothing. Exactly right. So we, I'm full of these corny phrases, but here we go. <laughs> no, motion is lotion. Yeah. And um, yeah, movement is medicine is is the yeah. other one. But you, you know, you've got to move to to feel good. But you know, sometimes you might do too much and you might be a bit sore, but it will calm down. And yeah. If you get the help of a, you know, trained professional then they can help you calm it down. Or if you talk to your PT or your coach, they should have some ideas of how to calm it down. And if it still hasn't calmed down, definitely go see someone and then you can slowly load back up and integrate what you have to do back into that activity. So, mm. Very good. All right, what else you got in that little folder for us? Oh, n- not a lot, I don't think. Depends on what you want to talk about. So, um, Well, we've been going for around 20 minutes now. Mm. Flying by. Um, I guess what's the most reoccurring piece of advice? I know it's a bit hard because, like we've been talking about, everybody's very individual mm, in what sure. loads they put, all that sort of stuff. But what's one thing you could give everybody listening? Just a little nugget or something, just to sort of take up with them. Lots of nuggets throughout this. Thing. <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah, I guess in, in regards to little things, if, if someone's starting out to train and to do something is is try and think about what your goals are, think about how you're going to get there and think about what training you're going to do to achieve those goals. Mm. Um, that, that would be the big thing and making sure that you have, you know, the foundational strength to achieve that. So that you know you have a certain amount of capacity within your tissues and your muscles to do something, and if you try and do something too much, you're going to get you're going to get pain. So that difference between capacity and where you get pain, you know, you're just trying to you're just again overloading your body. So the idea of doing some strength stuff is that you give your body a little bit more resilience in whatever you want to do, and that equates to as well if you have a shocking sleep. If you're stressed mm-hmm. out and you still want to provide the same workout that you did yesterday or two days ago, because you might do a workout two days ago and be absolutely fine and you're super stressed out and you have a shocking sleep the night before you do the same workout and you get injured from it. Mm. So um, you, you've got to look at, and that's called your kind of relative load. So you've got to look at your load on each day and you've got to be, be conscious of how you feel that day. And I, I feel like, you know, listening to your body is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you find that with um, 
your nutrition stuff. Or As in listening to their your body. body. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, bit harder to, to use that analogy, or you, you still obviously feel a little bit harder because a lot of people, uh, their body's like sending them the wrong signal sometimes because food can be like trick your mind, I guess, because like salt and fat and all that jazz is delicious. So, listening to your body's uh, try to avoid using that term, mm, I suppose. Eh? Um, just like that. Think you, out I was just about yeah, say, exactly that. <laughs> imagine somebody's feeling like a little bit down and had a headache and then went to Macca's to get a thick shake to fix it. This Gu- guy. Guilty. So you listen to your body in that way. Guilty. It could, like, you know, very, like Mac said, what your body's actually telling you can be something different. Definitely. Yeah. So how do you, um, how do you, what, how do you go about that then? What do you do? About telling them to ignore their body. As such, mm. more when they're craving something, what is like the nutrient or the mineral, vitamin or whatever that they're actually craving? So, like, say they want, I don't know, hot chips. They probably just want salt and something crunchy. So they don't necessarily need to have hot chips. They could have like mashed potatoes with dinner, and it would be just as satisfying. Or I do try to get them to have like the plain version of their craving. So say. They want, I don't know, chocolate. Try to get them to have, like, cacao nibs or something that's very, like, the plain equivalent of what they're craving, which is actually what their body's asking for. So, like, say the, if they're craving chocolate, they might be lacking iron. So, by having cacao nibs, that'll, like, top up their iron levels a little bit, and they might not actually want the chocolate after that. They just think that they want it. Mm. Mine's, mine's very strong, isn't it? It's very strong, yeah. Very powerful. I find that a lot in in people as well in, in regards to in, all right so one last thing i guess we could talk about practical uses of your knowledge i guess what can people do practically from i'm guessing from an external load what what advice can they do to what advice can you give them yeah yeah definitely yeah there's a bit, bit you can do Especially in regards to that external load, I guess um, a training diary or a log and, and yeah. recording your training is really, really important, mm. especially if you're starting out because this is how you can measure load. As in train how each workout or whatever makes you feel or... You can use that, which is yeah. a rate of perceived exertion. So you can yeah. kind of like it's a scale um, and you can kind of look it up and it's got different oh. subheadings of like was it easy, medium, hard oh, yeah. type thing. Um different subheadings and so I think it's a to a maximum of 10 um, and you can kind of put that down as a, I guess objective measure of how hard you felt that session was so that's one thing but the time you trained what activity you did just writing those things down in a bit of a log because then you can relate that to if you wake up with pain one day you can kind of look back on that log and kind of work out what what you've been doing mm-hmm. um, and, and that kind of fits nicely in with all these you know new devices that everyone's wearing you know whether it be the whoop bands or whether it be you know the Garmin watch the apple watch you know how many rings they've ticked off type thing so i think it's all really measured a lot more than we think it is now mm-hmm. so it's just like using those measurements and using the information that you already have pretty much mm-hmm. to, to kind of work out okay what am i going to do about this and how am i going to train a bit more smart within this yeah um but in saying that, like, yeah, I've, I've had friends who did an April running challenge, you know, and then some did up to 
250 kilometers in the month and some of their bodies were fine and some of them weren't so <laughs> it's just interesting i guess different people have different levels of their capacity and this is where things will will kind of you know change but there are some basic exercises that you can start off with that are you know if you are doing a certain activity they're going to I don't believe in is ever going to be bullet bulletproofing an injury, and if if anyone tells you that I'm going to try and bulletproof your back from ever being sore again, they they probably I probably wouldn't be listening to them, <laughs> um, because it's impossible. You know, mm. you, you do have aches and pains every day, and you're going to have something that might pop up to be sore. But as long as you know how to manage it or how to calm it down when it comes up, then then you're you're fine, you're happy. So I think it's it's more so dependent. Um, on what you're doing mm. and what strength stuff you need because there's going to be other you know running versus doing a push-up challenge there's going to be different strength biases in that so um yeah i guess it's finding out what you what you want cool mm. um yeah base have you ever looked at the wood what it tracks and all everything yeah I've had, I've had a bit of a look yeah. i've got a mate that a physio mate that um absolutely loves them yeah so um, um what do you reckon yeah, 100%. Because it tracks your external load, but it also tracks your internal load. Um, and again, it's just one thing that people don't even think of. Like the internal load, people just go, oh, look, I'm going to go work out. Mm. It'll make me feel better, all that sort of stuff. But they don't, like, like we've just talked about, don't take everything else into consideration where this actually tracks it. For sure. And it's one of those ones, especially when you're stressed out, like, you know, and you want to just smash yourself at the gym, like, mm. how it's like a really really fine line to okay it's going to benefit me mentally and yeah. get me mentally over the line but you know are you pushing yourself and and will it will it end up in an injury most times no but if you have a pre-existing little niggle there and you you are super stressed out and you absolutely smash yourself and that's when things can can um get a little bit sore but i guess it's just again listening to your body and time understanding your body like there's some days where i know where i can't do a deadlift because i've got back issues so I'm not going to you know if I want to go out and do something stupid and get that good mindset of oh, I've worked hard I'm not going to do deadlifts mm. so I'm not just going to aggravate the shit out of it so um, I think people over time have got to learn will start to learn their body mm. what loads they can do in those times of high stress low stress for sure but then again you don't want to put boundaries on yourself do you no no so it's, it's a, again a fine line between yeah. knowing what you can and can't do but then saying, you know, oh no, today because I've had haven't had a bit uh, an amazing sleep, my back's going to be sore, and I'm going to be doing a deadlift because most likely if you do a deadlift, then guess what, it's going to be sore because mm. the way you think about it feeds into how you feel. So that whole yeah. So it's kind of again dependent on yes, understanding your body and knowing your body will give you more information. Yes, mm-hmm. agree definitely. Um, but how you use that information is an, is another um, mm. another way. But that's where it's like. I feel like a lot of people now with these with these bands or with the the watches see that they have they get almost anxious about how they have slept or mm. how they have performed or how well they've recovered on the whoop stuff because um, because their watch has told them that they recovered at sixty percent but they feel pretty good yeah so then you're like oh no I'm I'm sixty yeah. percent you put yourself down to it I don't know do you guys find that do you feel find find yourself getting I, a little bit anxious sometimes about it. I think if you have like a strong or a healthy mindset and relationship with exercise, I just see it as like an extra tool. Like I always 
decide before I look at my whoop how I feel that day, obviously. And then my whoop is just like an extra tool saying you could go a little bit harder even though you don't feel that great or mm. you feel great but your body hasn't recovered as well as it should have. Like I sort of use it as secondary rather than cool. initially. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people don't have that mindset. I yeah. feel like before you get one, you should have a good, healthy relationship with exercise. Yeah, that's true, for sure. But yeah. most people get the thing to get a yes. healthy relationship with their Which exercise. Which wrong way around, I suppose. Mm. For sure, for sure. But it's uh, It can definitely work both ways. But like you said, it's just what mindset. And I guess, again, it comes down to what you want from it is what your brain's going to tell you. So mm. what you're expecting from it, you're sort of subconsciously going to get from it mm. if you know what I mean so meaning if it if it um, gives you a good result then you're feeling good or meaning yeah. yeah yeah so if you're if you're going into it like this is going to change my life this is going to make me fit then you're probably not going to challenge yourself as much because you're relying too much on the data mm. rather than you know how you're actually feeling mm. where if you're going in with a sort of holistic view and just it's an extra tool that you can use then it's probably going to be more beneficial yeah for sure for yeah sure yeah they've um they've come a long way that those technologies yeah um which is awesome to see but obviously on the downside as well is that it, when you really look at the data of it all and and how they actually measure sleep some aren't as uh i guess accurate or as sensitive as we think mm, and if we're if we're you know, relying on that to tell us how we're feeling, then that can be a bit of an issue. So mm. I've definitely had some patients that have done sleep studies and all that kind of jazz and got some more information about that. But, um, yeah. Cool. Mm. All right, let's leave it there. We've been going for a fair while. <laughs> um, so if Hopefully you... people stay to the end. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, if you are still listening, thank you very much. Give it a thumbs up because obviously you liked it and you lasted the whole video. Um, but yeah, reach out, let us know in the comments below what you want us to chat about next because Matt will be here for the next one as well. <laughs> Jeez, locked him in already. Locked him in for a couple. So yeah, let us know what you want to hear and give us your questions and we'll answer them in the next episode. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, guys. See you all then. Yes, so that was our chat with Matt the Physio. If you did last to the end, I thank you very much. Uh, we did go on a few tangents there and off topic a little bit, but still a great chat, a lot of great topics in there. So I do hope you got something out of it. As always, if you did, give us a follow, thumbs up, give us a comment. Let me know what you think, where we can improve, what topics you want to talk want us to talk about next okay we do this for you so give us topics you want to learn about and we will go into depth on them and i'll leave it there i will talk to you all in the next episode you know where to find us on the social and our website and we'll talk to you all then bye